Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Life is Awesome, the podcast that makes your life a little better, one dirty story at a time. Your Life is Awesome, of course, is based on Smut Slam International, a worldwide network of community dirty storytelling open mics that is every bit as wild as you might think. That's really how it goes. It's an open mic. At these shows, we invite people to drop their names in the hat when they walk through the door, and then we pull those names out one at a time over the course of the evening and see what unfolds. Rarely are people any kind of performers or professional storytellers or anything like that. They're just people like you or maybe not at all like you, but they're just people coming to a show and they end up spilling out some amazing stories right there on our stages around the world. Uh, Today's episode is recorded from our Amsterdam show on March 26th. The theme of that was first. Whenever we go to a a city for the first time, the theme is first because we want people to feel really extra welcome and and like they have access to, to this whole concept of just getting up and telling a story. And of course, everyone, if they're trying to have sex or have sex, They've got some firsts to share. So that was our that was our first that was our launch show in Amsterdam. It went so well. We sold out, packed the joint, and these are some of the stories that you're going to hear today. Uh, story one is uh, talking about that little awkward first computer in the house uh, thing. The teller explored the internet at the age of 13 and let's just say dick pics and a parent ended up colliding in this story story two uh, is a little bit of a journey story meeting uh meeting a a woman at a bar called the church club and then getting to go and discover knife play for the first time Ooh, a little bit of an edge there get it uh story three is all about Easter Sunday in Berlin, which isn't nearly as spiritual. I mean, it could be spiritual, I guess, but it's it's Easter Sunday in Berlin. You have to understand it's one of the largest leather events in Europe. And so here we get an exploration of that whole party scene. Oh, Lord. Story four is a, a really sweet, lovely episode uh, in someone's life where it was a woman kissing another woman for the first time and just sharing how different that that was, you know, you know, those, if you know, you know, yeah. Story five is, uh, the first threesome that someone experienced. They talk about the Airbnb. Everyone was fucking all the time. That's what happens in Airbnbs, right? And story six is another first kiss story, missing hints that someone was hitting on you. And then what needs to happen to, to make sure that that missed connection 
doesn't miss in the end. So it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful fucking lineup for you today. And uh, in between, of course, we've got sections of fuck bucket action. Those of you who don't know, the fuck bucket is our anonymous question and confession service where people drop those into another bucket and I get to pull those out and engage with the questions and confessions that people just have to get off their chest. It results in some more fucking fuckery, basically. <laughs> it's amazing, educational, sometimes funny, always worth listening to. I'm so looking forward to hearing from you after you hear this episode. Sit back, strap those headphones in, and I will see you on the other side. As a feminist, oh dear, <laughs> as a feminist, I feel bad to like it when a man pushes my head down to give head and calls me a good girl. Okay, whoever wrote this, you got a lot of people who can relate. It's totally good. I love how I love this the emoticons that people put in also. This has got got that sort of like kind of sad, halfway lopsided frown. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about it. It's great. Go get that dick. Okay. Um how to introduce activities that may be considered more extreme, uh, like BDSM or anal, without freaking a new lover out. Okay, so I want to first of all mention that if these things are very important to you, uh, you should freak your new lover out sooner rather than later. <laughs> no, no, you want to get that out of the way. You want to get that out of the way. And I'm not saying, like, they're allowed to not want that just as you are allowed to want that. So you need to know sooner rather than later, if it's that important to you to bring it up with them, you want to take care of that earlier in the relationship. This is my personal feeling about that. Um, Now, if you're coming along here and it's like, oh, you just discovered this stuff, you didn't know you were into it. Um, So a lot of the times when people are putting in questions like this, they're really afraid of the worst case scenario. Um, and you've got to trust your partner a little more than that. You're not going in there, unless you're going in saying, I must have this thing. And they're like, no fucking way. Most of the time, there's a, so much more room than that to play around in. So don't be afraid. Trust your partner on some of this, okay? Yeah. When I was 13, we got our first computer in the house. Now, okay, let me paint you a picture. When I was 13, I was about yay high. I hadn't, didn't have a beard, obviously. <laughs> I was very sweet and innocent looking, but also very awkward. I had like a had mouth full of teeth that went this way and that way and up and in the back. And, and like most 13-year-olds, I was incredibly horny. <laughs> and so when we got this computer, you know, my mother was like, this would be so educational. <laughs> you can learn so much. And I was like, yes, I will learn many things. <laughs> <laughs> Please shut the door behind you. <laughs> and so I learned. And I spent several years learning. And then we moved to a new house when I was 15. And I discovered something even more exciting. So first I had just I'd gone on and I looked at pictures and I looked at videos. And that was all very nice and exciting. But then I found a new thing. And who in the audience is over 30 years? Most of you, yes. Okay. So some of you may may remember the old school chat rooms. Yes? You up there? Yes. So 
I discovered the chat rooms and I, you know, I, I went in and I was all excited and I didn't know what it was and I realized I had to have a, a username. And so I picked something suitable like, you know, Cyberstud39 or something like this. <laughs> and, and I started chatting to random people who said they were, you know, girls my age around the world who may or may not have been actual teenage girls. But there you go. You didn't know at that point. So some people had pictures, some people didn't have pictures. I didn't put a picture at first. I was very shy. But I started chatting to people. I started getting, and you start getting more confident. And then I, was, I started having this kind of like sexting, you know, this kind of, and you'd go on, you'd start off, and it was like, it was ASL, it was age, sex, location, and then it started to get, started to get a bit dirty, and it was really nice, and I liked it, and then some, and then one day a girl said to me, do you have a cam? And I, and I did, I didn't have a cam, I didn't have a camera, didn't I? And so I was like, oh, no, I don't. And so I was like, shit, I'm missing out on something here. There's a whole other world that I'm just typing all these sexual desires. And then so, so Christmas came. <laughs> and, and I said to my mother, I need a webcam. <laughs> And she said, and she said, what for? And I said, oh, it's just, you know, these games we play online. <laughs> And my mother, God bless her, is very trusting. <laughs> and she bought me a webcam. So, um, so I met a girl on the other side of the world. I think she was in, in the United States or somewhere. And she had a suitable name, like, you know, uh, Redneck Slut 32. Oh, and, <laughs> and, you know, we were chatting away. And eventually she was like, so, you know, do we, you know, do you have any pictures? And so I, I okay, I'll take a picture. So I started taking, I took an extended picture of my face, and then now she's like, okay, and do you have some more pictures? So I was like, okay, fine, okay. So I sent her a picture of my genitals, and she sent me a picture of her genitals, and it was all very exciting. And then eventually we said, okay, okay, let's go for it. So I waited till my mom and my sister, they were all out of the house, had it all to myself, and we put on the cams, and we, and we started taking our clothes off, and we, and we started doing things in front of each other, and it was exciting, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. And, and we kept doing this for a while. And it was exciting. It was lovely. I, I wouldn't say there was any particular romance there. <laughs> it was pretty straight to the point. You know, we were both 15 and we were just exploring. Um, and, you know, I thought nothing can go wrong here. This is all perfect. I have it all figured out. I never did anything until my mother was out of the house. I always made sure the door was locked. Of course, you would know I'm online because, you know, it was the dial-up and you call and you wouldn't answer. But I was like, this is safe. <laughs> so <laughs> one day I came home and I was all excited. I was going to speak to this girl tonight. And I knew my mom was going out later. And I was like, all right, I'm kind of horny. This is going to be fun. And I came home and I went up to the computer room and my mother was sitting there in the chair. She had the computer turned on. Your life is awesome. <laughs> 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 Whose penis is this? <laughs> And that was the first time my mother saw my erect penis. Oh. <laughs> the first time. 
you learn after hearing 12 years of, of Smut Slam stories, you learn to identify the flags, the, the foreshadowing, right? The foreshadowing is at any time you mention parents at all. <laughs> in a story. Something awkward and or embarrassing is going to happen. Uh, it's, it's inevitable. So, uh, oof. Okay. Yeah. Because they know. There is no such thing. It's certainly back in that era, there was no such thing. There's no such thing as security. Like, you, like especially when you're young and you're just like quickly turning off the computer, you're not knowing to clean everything off the computer. I love having sex when my partner has her period. Aww. Carnage. Carnage. That's the way I like it. Woo. I myself went from being one of, the, one of the people who has periods and hates it. Like, I used to hate it, especially with sex. I wanted to give myself a window of, like, one day on either side of it, even, because I was that squeamish about it. And now, the last time that I bled all over, like, it's been a while, uh, but, like, the last time that I had a very heavy period, I accidentally dripped on the floor, right? It was one of those kind of periods, right? And I took a picture and sent it to my partner. Because... <laughs> <laughs> As kind of like a sexting, you know? <laughs> Blood on the floor. There was this woman I really had a crush on. Woo! <laughs> Starts good, right? <laughs> and um, I really, really tried to get into her view to get noticed by her. And I didn't see her a lot. I bumped into her most of the times at one of my favorite clubs. To be honest, my favorite, it's called Club Church in Amsterdam. And um, it's everything you don't think about when you think of a church. <laughs> Although they do have a cross. So maybe that paints the picture a bit. And normally when I saw her, we made short eye contact. And, well, as lesbians do, that's it. <laughs> Sometimes there were some words, and these words actually they had a high impact on me. For at least two weeks, I was good with these words because she could say things to me like, "Do you see that hook there on the ceiling?" <laughs> I did see it. <laughs> she asked me if I knew what it was for, and I was listening, and she said. Sometimes when the club is not open like this, there are like queer women play parties. Do you know what it is? <laughs> Please continue the story. She said like, well, maybe you can use the hook for making sure that someone doesn't want to run away or <laughs> I'll put a nice swing on it, but not a regular swing. And, <laughs> and if I would knew what the kink and fetish BDSM party was, um, I think I really... I thought I was responding, but just a lot would go on. And this was, okay. <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do then, yeah. Um, so I remember that I, at home, Googled fetish. Because what is it really, right? <clears throat> and uh, there was uh, someone who spoke from their own experience, I think, on the internet and said the title of it was like um, 
something to love and something to lick. <laughs> and the person was telling that a fetish for them was loving an object and not lo living object so much that you love it at the same time, like you love your cat, but also want to lick it, maybe not like <laughs> with your cat. Uh, um, okay, okay, that was clear. Uh, Aaron, then... I remember that the only thing, the last thing that I could do or try in my book or capability of flirting was asking a friend of her for her number. And I thought that's perfect because then hopefully the friend will tell her that I like her and then I don't have to do that. But unfortunately, <laughs> I never heard something about that and I didn't get the number. So I thought she doesn't like me. <clears throat> Luckily, <laughs> a year later, I bumped into her again, and we didn't talk much, but she just said, like, um, before she left, it was uh, at a lecture, um, you want to come to the next queer women kink BDS and play party? I said, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Never before was that a subject in my life, or did I go there, but what I thought when I cycled home was, yes, I have a date, I have a date. <laughs> And I was really excited, I remember, until that day of the play party. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to like this kink BDSM, BDSM play party at this place called, same place, maybe you cycled by it around the corner, and I have to say a password, and there are so many people everywhere on the streets in this busy crossroad, and so I went. She opened the door, asked for the password, I had no idea, but in the end, <laughs> I was let in. <clears throat> Long story short, because there's much to tell about it, um, I remember that, I didn't know what to expect, I remember that she said, okay, go downstairs and find a spot. Spot? <laughs> what kind of spot? So there were many spots, spots like where um, people get birth to a baby, like uh, certain kind of chairs, swings, uh, latex black uh, beds, and there was like a dark bunker that looked like the scariest. And I heard myself say, I will be in the bunker. <laughs> I think when, <laughs> so I didn't know if there were people and I didn't hear anything and I was waiting and then I think I heard her boots and she approached and I could feel her warmth she was very close and then suddenly close to my ear I hear the click and another one and she said do you know what it is and I said a knife <laughs> and she said is it open or closed <laughs> And I found it so arousing <laughs> and so interesting. And I thought I wanted to caress it. And I want to, to and she put it next to my face and uh, caressed it over my cheek. And it felt so gentle and exciting at the same time. Um, later, when we went up again, she showed me the knife. And I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> and I wanted to lick it at the same time. <laughs> Um, that's where I found my uh, first fetish. And if you at one point want to ask me tonight what is uh, around my neck, and I would say maybe something to laugh and something to lick. Oh. I have sometimes faked an orgasm just so I could go to sleep without hurting his ego. Okay, we are not booing. 
the writer here. We are not booing the writer here. I have faked an orgasm once and I resolved never to do it again. Sometimes you have to do the thing, right? Some, but, but like I strongly encourage you not to. As much as you can, don't do that. Because then people don't understand that what they're doing isn't working. Or like that they need to change something or you need to change something together. Faking orgasms does not support change in, in the way that you need it. Okay? It's going to get you uh, to bed. It's going to get you to bed on time, but it won't help you change that, which clearly needs to change. So, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That sucks. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys about the first time I ever went to Berlin. (laughs) Uh, You can only imagine what that was like. It was my first time ever leaving New York, ever leaving the United States. And I landed in Berlin on Easter Sunday. Uh, For those of you that don't know about Berlin on Easter Sunday, it is the largest leather event in Europe. However, I was staying with two lesbians who had no idea it was their first time also living in Berlin, so they had not even thought to tell me, a puppy, about this weekend. It's okay, I may do. And uh, I had a girlfriend back in the States who introduced me to uh, a couple friends of hers. One who was this uh, performance artist, very sexual, very amazing. They were an open couple. And she offered to have her boyfriend take me around one night. Totally game. So we're two trans guys in the night in Berlin, right? And I'm wearing my first leather harness. I'm wearing some tight jeans, right? Wearing like a very tight, well, actually not, you know, not too tight black t-shirt, thinking I'm very cool. (laughs) He is like quite a bit taller than me. And apparently we also pass enough, in theory, to enter all of these clubs, which were men only. I loved Berlin in that time, right? Men only, whatever that meant. (laughs) So he was like, all right. We're out for a night. It's going to be great. We're going to go to the first club. I was like, all right, first club, totally awesome. We're in a part of the city that's more glamour boy, if that's a thing in Berlin. And the first club we went to, they see you in a little camera, and you get admitted entry or not. (laughs) Remember, I'm five feet tall whatever that is in centimeters. Um, And he is quite a bit taller than me, but we both have beards, and we're both sort of dressed as pocket leather daddies, if you will. Closer to the mic, here we go. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go into this party. So we we get to the door, and a little thing goes by, and it's underwear party. Like, underwear party? Cool, like, I'm here for this. And then he looks at both of us, and he tells us to go. My friend says it's fine. He's got more in his pocket. We're ready to go. Second club. Does it sound a little bit like Goldilocks and the three bears? Just think of Berlin and the two bears. Second bar. Leather bar. Totally ready to go for it. Enter in. It's almost like tumbleweeds. Super quiet. Two dudes at the bar. My friend says, man. All right. Third is a charm. So he says, I'm going to take you to this bar. It's called Woof. I was like, Woof, that's me. I'm here for this. This is amazing. And he said, no matter what you see when you enter, 
there's more to the story. I was like, this is good. All right, psyching myself up, twisting up my mustache, getting ready to go. Take a deep breath. And, you know, I got my backpack full of gear with me as well. We enter the bar, kind of quiet. Bartender looks at us, gives us a nod. We're accepted. It's going well. I'm like, this is it? This is where you're taking me? And he said, oh, no, there's a downstairs door. I was like, downstairs door. Okay. But I'm going to, like, ditch my backpack at the bar for the moment till we see what's up. So you can kind of hear just at the top of the stairs, just gentle little pulses. You know, feel the ground beneath you, kind of like bass beat, right? I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Sweating a little bit, a little bit nervous. Well, we go downstairs, we walk in to the darkest room I've ever seen, and all I hear is, ooh, ooh, ooh. Sort of a German bear sound, if you will. <laughs> While also techno. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for this. Here we go. You know, pulling my pants up, trying to be like those dudes, you know, like, I'm at the leather bar, ready to go. We walk through these, like, corridors, and he's sticking close to me, like, just in case, my bodyguard, if you will. Now, I haven't seen anybody I liked, so we go take a seat, and he's like, I know that you really want to have sex with someone, hook up with someone while you're here. And I was like, I do. And he's like, well, how about me? Across from us is a pommel horse. Why not? So we start making out. All of a sudden, there's another mouth and another mouth. And he pushes everyone away. And he said, come on, let's go to the pommel horse. So I bent him over because he was quite tall. Took care of some business, got my gloves, went on in there, did a couple of little things. And he said, your turn. Well, let me just tell you, I tried to get on that pommel horse. I did not do well in gymnastics. I tried so hard, I slid off. It's okay. There was a little bench. And we took care of business there. I'm like, what a great successful night. I got fisted at a club. I bet someone over a pommel horse. I got denied entry. Super great. Go home. Next morning, get text messages from this guy. You need to call me really quickly. I was like, oh, fuck. He's like, they weren't there last night, but they're here today. Guess what he got? Because he was bent over the pommel horse. Crabs. Guess what I didn't get? Because I was too short to get on it. Can I just say the scariest thing about crabs that I found, like those crabs, is they really look like crabs when you look at them up close. Well, I mean, the problem was was that I'm covered in hair. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna get it. They're gonna get all up in that. I had to you... shave my whole body. Oh. <laughs> and try to translate in German that the person I had sex with gave me these. Oh, the little side crab. Holy shit! Someone drew a dick. Um. <laughs> I love to slap my face with a penis. And then it's got a picture of a dick. And it says, wham. Like in a, and they've given the check mark that it's okay to share their handwriting. So here's the picture. Ah! 
two! <laughs> Amazing. Okay. That's very exciting. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love the illustrations. It doesn't give you an extra chance to win the draw, but it gets extra love for me, I assure you. So, uh, uh, <laughs> um, what was the most surprising thing you caught yourself masturbating to? Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, surprising is so subjective. <laughs> In hindsight, it's not surprising in the slightest. <laughs> I was one of the, I was a very voracious reader when I was a when I was a young teenager, and one of the things that I masturbated to was Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got some. Yeah, that one, Clan of the Cave Bear. Can't Clan of the Cave Bear. Also, I mean, I folded down those pages, right? Clan of the Cave Bear. No, it's super non-consensual. Like, but like consensual non-consent is definitely a thing, and that's where I found it. Uh, and that book, that book was on my parents' shelves, even though my parents are Mormon, um, because Clan of the Cave Bear was considered quite a detailed and accurate sort of like uh, anthropological record of cave people. It's just all fucking brutal. Anyway, uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. I'm 60 years old, so I have a. Uh... Thank you. I have a lot of firsts, and I want to tell you... Do I want to? Yeah. <laughs> About uh, the most recent uh, first, which is almost a year ago. Pretty late, I felt, uh, that I kissed a woman. And a lot of you have done that before, I think. Uh, I never had, and it was so amazing. <laughs> it was a, at a party, and, and we were standing there. Closer, right? Yeah. We were standing there, and we had no clothes on. <laughs> and, and all the other people were also... Uh, standing there with no clothes on. And we looked each other in the eyes. And I... Oh, <laughs> I touched her hair. And it was so soft. You know? Yeah, it's really different, a woman. <laughs> and then these, her cheeks. And her lips. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, <laughs> I never knew. They, they, they have really soft lips, women, Com compared to men, that is. And breasts, of course, and yeah, all these curves and, and hips and bottoms, whatever. And it, was, it was so soft. <laughs> Uh, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was yeah. It was awesome. And I never. I I, I I don't see her anymore because there were some things wrong with me. Maybe. Uh, uh, she. Uh, 
Yeah, I like to talk also. She wasn't much of a talker. And uh, she lived too far away. Uh, it's not my thing, traveling. And, and she had this husband. <laughs> and I understand. People have husbands. Some people have husbands. I, I have a lover. He was at the party with his other girlfriends. We were together, the three of us. But I, I've never kissed her. She's not my type. <laughs> but her husband, he, he, he was really nice. Very tall. This is important for the story. <laughs> really fair, very tall man. Oh, I'm shaking. My legs are shaking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he's, he was... I didn't understand why she was staying married to him. Because he was the, the kind of guy that sat on the table and was waiting for the food to be served. Like, not, and not bringing the plates back to the kitchen afterwards. It's, yeah. And I... I, I and they had all these uh, little... Uh, they looked each other in the eye... We, we tried with the, the three of us also. They looked each other in the eye, and I, they didn't talk, but I knew they were sort of... Sort of the, the, the thoughts were going back and forth <laughs> over my head. Yeah. So I, I didn't know what they were thinking to each other. And uh, when, when they left my place, I noticed uh, the toilet seat was up. <laughs> and that's, that's a no! <laughs> And I could, and I, I well, and he was really tall, so that's, that's stupid, you know? You don't do that in a woman's house, <laughs> be standing up. Uh, but what I, what I really didn't understand, that he probably did that at home too. I mean, <laughs> if he did it at my place. So she stayed married to this man who peed standing up. <laughs> I've been married, but he, he always feeds uh, sitting down. <laughs> it's, that's normal. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, that, that story had completely unexpected high and low points. <laughs> like, I would not think that those specific things would be enough to make someone a villain, but, you know, the whole room just went like... <gasps> I'm a lesbian, but I think gay male porn is the hottest. That's the tea. Oh. I have a crush on my drag mother. How can I deal with it? You sublimate it into really good costumes. I don't know the way they're like, I, I got the sense from like, I know what this is. And I know that there are many kinds of relationships in like the performance world or the kink or fetish world where you have like this kind of power dynamic situation where it's like, you just don't, it's a, it's a, it, you just don't do that. You don't. Cause like people are always like, how can I tell my crush? It's like, sometimes you don't, sometimes you just don't. And my feeling is based on the audience response too, is like, this might be one of those ones where you don't. So how do you deal Okay, uh, uh, how do you deal when you have crushes, a uh, crush that you know you cannot do? What do people do? What do people do? 
And you, assuming here you cannot go, you can't go no contact because they're your drag mother. You're going to have a working relationship with them. How do you do it? I'm taking uh, crowdsourcing from judges or audience. Think of the qualities they have that you can find in somebody else. Think of the qualities that you're crushing on in them that you can find in someone else. Yeah. Okay. Jerk off a lot. Jerk off a lot. <laughs> Did that work for you? It still does. It still does. Oh. Anybody from the balcony got anything to add? What do you do if there's a crush and you can't go on it? Live with it until it passes. Live with it until it passes. Like a kidney stone in a country where you don't have health care. <laughs> you do have to, you're going to have to suffer a little. Anybody else? Yeah, it's rough. I'm sorry. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of construct. Like, there's some things, but you're, like, you, I think you're going to have to, like, that's actually not a bad idea. The part about, like, a friend of mine is having this problem. Still have a chance. What would you... <laughs> <laughs> What would you do? So it's the summer after high school, like the last year of high school. I don't know what your summer after the last year of high school looked like, but I think, like you can imagine, um, things get pretty wild sometimes. And it was also the last one and a half year of my high school was during COVID. Um, the summer was still kind of like, you know, COVID obviously still didn't pass now, but it was like... It was kind of a looser time in the pandemic where people were kind of getting active as, again as well. Um, so people were horny. <laughs> <laughs> One and a half year of sitting at home in high school, like a lot of people didn't get to have, be having a lot of sex. People were horny. So it's the summer. My friend group, which I actually just joined this friend group that summer, so these people are friends for a longer time. This is going to be important in the story. Um, I am new there. We decide to go to this concert by the seaside and we're like renting an Airbnb for, you know, a few days. Um, there's free bedrooms. Uh, so people have to divide up into the free bedrooms. And um, it kind of got into the situation where basically everybody was fucking all the time. <laughs> Every time somebody entered a bedroom with someone, no matter whether it was for the night or for a nap during the day, <laughs> you knew they were fucking. <laughs> you did not enter for a charger, you did not enter for clothes, or I mean, or you did. <laughs> so, um, one time I did in fact enter for a charger. <laughs> And two people, this is, by the way, um, side note, before I discovered anything about polyamory, but two people that I majorly had a crush on, um, going at it <laughs> in the room. And what I later learned was a huge inside joke in this friend group, but because I was not from the friend group, I wouldn't know. I hear, want to join? <laughs> Now, this was a joke where, like, they all knew it's a joke, so anytime somebody would say it, you'd be like, ha, ha, funny, and then leave. <laughs> now, I did not know that. I walk in on two of my crushes, making out. I hear one join. I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> Like, fuck, please. So, um, yeah, 
unfortunately, I have to say, as like a lot of these stories, first times were amazing. It was not an amazing first threesome. However, however, I have a small little addition to the story. My second threesome was really good. And one of the people from that threesome is sitting right next to me. So applause for her. I love how you fucked that joke for them. (laughs) I also, I feel that I must share with you, if there's anyone here thinking about um, maybe doing like a threesome, like you've never done one and you want to go for it, you should just know that you don't automatically stay in relationships after having a threesome. (laughs) Like sometimes you just hook up. It doesn't mean there's longevity involved necessarily. Sometimes you just hook up. So don't worry about that if you're going, oh, I don't want to get into that relationship. You don't have to. You just fuck. Uh... (laughs) The real problems of the world come in here and sit right here in the fuck bucket. (laughs) You'll see what I'm saying in a second. My ex-boyfriend admitted he was scared to have sex with me because he was scared of being worse than the multiple women I had sex with before. No, no, like when you get into like questions about like fragile or toxic masculinity, this is like, this is what that's about. So, ah, ooh. Last time I was at this location, someone gave me a tiger pattern dress, which was later torn apart with a knife. I've looked at the various posters around this place, and I just don't see any event where that would happen. That feels like it was extracurricular and not part of the planned kind of activity. Should I do one more? I've recently admitted one of my fantasies to a date, and he looked at me weirdly. Am I the only cis woman bisexual who fantasizes about straight men having sex together? No, no, no. So I'm just going to give you this shortcut to this question because everyone has a question, am I the only one who? And the answer is always, no, you are not. You aren't. It might be rare, but you are not the only one. Uh, Hello, everybody. I will tell you tonight the story of my very first kiss. Um, uh, It's with a person who's sitting right there. Right beside her mom. Oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, um, as it happened to be, I am very much of a nerd, and uh, I am very much of a, an idiot boy, and I don't read signs very well. Uh, <laughs> and so, I had just gone out of a relationship with my ex, and we had been uh, in a relationship for seven months, and we never kissed because uh, she was scared of boundaries, and I respected those. Uh, so we had never kissed and I had a girlfriend for seven months. So uh, what is sex and what is a relationship was very weird to me. Um, and then I got to a friend's house at a party. Uh, I had skipped a bunch of hints. She was sitting on my lap. My shoulder was hurting because I was her armrest for one and a half hours. Um, 
And then at a certain point, people came outside and they were like, hi, we're leaving the party, but we'll leave you turtle doves or I don't know how you say it, like uh, lovebirds. We'll leave you lovebirds to it. And she said, no, that's not what's going on. So I was like, ah, problem solved. That's not what's going on here. It's definitely not a flirt thing. It's 100% sure it's a friend thing. Um, uh, so I had uh, put my places in her room because I was there first, because I was ready to help set up the party, like the nerd I was. Um, <laughs> and so it was a sleepover party for the people who wanted to stay. So by the end, uh, she was like, I need to get my bed from upstairs, and uh, your stuff's also there, so you want to come to my room, and then we'll grab the stuff, and we'll bring it down to the living room, and we'll sleep with everybody else. So... <laughs> Uh, so we got there, and, uh, you know, it was like 3 a.m., and she plopped down on the bed, and uh, she, she laid there, and she's like, oh, it's so comfy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, math going on in my head. I was like, okay, got to think this through. Um, you probably know it's a casual thing, but there's still a chance. So I laid down beside her, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Pretty comfy. <laughs> I could lay here all night. <laughs> um, so we lied there. We talked. We had a good time, you know, doing boring things, just talking. Uh, <laughs> and at a certain point, we were laying there for an hour already. And she told me, are we going to kiss or not? Because I'm getting tired. <laughs> I'm getting tired. I want to get in some sleep at least a little bit tonight. So you're like, are we going to kiss or not? And she said, well, basically, I can see that you're too tensed up to start. I'm also way too tensed up to start. So like, what can we do? I was like, maybe you have some liquid courage, you know, like, uh, turns out I already drink all the beer at the party. Uh, <laughs> um, and still not enough courage. Um, she said, the only thing I do have is some weed. And... I had never smoked before in my life, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, we skip another hour. Uh, and I was like, you got some of that weed, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm willing to try it out, you know? If you want to, yeah, I'm fine. Um, so we smoked a bit. I really just ended up coughing. She got the courage, though. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I was rambling on, nervous talking, you know? And she just slowly, she was laying on top of me, which, you know, like, how do you get to that point but not, without kissing? I don't know. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Uh, <laughs> She was laying on top of me, and her head was over here, and I was just rambling, and slowly, over like it, was, it felt like 50 minutes, probably was like a minute or something, she moved her head from here to here, and just in the middle of a sentence, she just planted her lips in mine, I was like, thank God. <laughs> but, but this is the best part, now comes the best part. So... Uh, we're, we're moving, I'm just uh, doing everything she does with a three second delay because I don't know how to kiss. Uh, <laughs> just copy and paste, copy and paste. <laughs> and so at a certain point she, she tells me like, hey, I know this is your first time. I know you may have some questions. How does it work? Um, you can ask me anything. For instance, if you have like a question like, can I take off the bra? You know, <laughs> you can ask that. You can say that. Answer is yes, by the way. <laughs> so I take off the bra, very happy. Yes. I take the bra, very happy, and I, I do some things, and then she's like, you want to take it further? And I was, I was like, I want to, but I can't. <laughs> All, I was so tensed up. Um, anyway, uh, I told her, this was at her party. I was invited by a friend of hers. I told her, next time I get a party, 
I will invite you for sure. So next week, I made sure I had a party at my house. Uh, <laughs> exactly a week later. And um, I told all of my friends, so uh, this is a sleepover party, but you all need to make a fake reason not to like stay. And then uh, it's just me and her. Uh, none of them actually listened, but they all had a fake reason, which is like sad, but you know. Uh, <laughs> and um, she came in uh, into my house at the last person. I, I poured her a drink. I sat on a chair. She, I was like, you can sit anywhere in the room you want. And she came and sat on my lap. Everybody was kind of shocked. And uh, she whispered into my ear when nobody was listening. Um, are we going to fuck tonight or not? <laughs> <laughs> I had planned the condoms next to my bed table. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are some stories, there are some stories that raise in me this feeling almost that I'm right there in that room as like a guardian angel, right? I'm an angel, so they don't know that I'm there, but I'm sitting there going, you could do it. Come on, you could do it. Yes. You know, I'm just a very immediate sort of like I'm there, even though it happened a long time ago, and I'm cheering you on in, in retrospect. And that's probably what, you know, all that energy goes back in time, I think, and it helps you forward. So, oh, God, I fucking love Smut Slam. How do you feel about Smut Slam? Smut Slam keeps me from being jaded about sex and relationships because every time I'm there hosting one, I hear the most amazing shit. And so I just want to thank you all for being here tonight for that. Thank you for bringing your stuff. I can only come while thinking about someone else, my partner or another person coming. You got that feedback loop going on there. That's totally okay. That's totally okay. Ah, I really love the look of disgust on my partner's face when I spit in her mouth. <laughs> Not my kink, but that's okay. <laughs> I was once fucked against the cathedral wall in Brussels. And that was the closest I felt to God. Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag good Catholic girl. Wow. Wow. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Yeah, it was a wild ride from start to finish at that puppy. And uh, yeah, I, I'm telling you that the face-to-face the -face event, if you can ever get out to a smut slam, was that plus some, right? It was just uh, a, a majestic evening, and I'm glad we got to share some of that with you here today on Your Life is Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, specifically for this show, I want to thank my co-producer there in Amsterdam, Busty Latish, who is taking over that show as it moves forward, uh, our newest our newest smut slam on the on the roster. They they that's super exciting, and and Busty was co-producing, doing the tech, inviting people out to that. Such a great job. So uh, keep an eye out for Amsterdam. That's about to take off in a big way. Also, our sponsor for Amsterdam in the prize area was Confetti.eu. Now, um, Confetti 
K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E dot E-U. They also are our podcast sponsor for this episode. And I want to tell you briefly about them. Every single prize from them that, that I have given away so far is such a joy to discover. Because I have to open, you know, I have to see what I'm giving away so I can let people know what's going on. Sometimes I take pictures, share them out on the social media, you know. So I get to see those first. And I honestly, I have occasionally giggled like a teenage girl at how fucking cute some of these prizes are. You know, we've got like whimsical bukake art, you know, a strawberry butt plug. It's a perfectly wholesome match for the sort of wholesome sleaze that is Smut Slam. So confetti.eu, you want to go check them out. And when you do buy stuff from their website, which you will, uh, it's just it's just a treasure trove of, of like Etsy-style independent crafters and producers of accessories and sex toys and art, etc. You're going to want to buy something. Make sure you use the code SMUTSLAM20. SMUTSLAM20. That'll get you 20% off at checkout. All right. So go check out confetti.eu. I want to let you know also about what's coming up in the SMUTSLAM network. And I'll be honest, I just clicked over to our page at SMUTSLAM.com because its list is fucking endless. Going to go fast, but hopefully clear. On Tuesday, May 9th, I am hosting in Copenhagen. May 11th, I'm in Cologne. Back over on the other side of the Atlantic, we see Winnipeg um, with host Didi Brazier on May 14th. And then I'm doing May 15th in Berlin. I'm hosting that. It's our last uh, Smut Slam indoors, and then we're going to an outdoor garden season. Woohoo! So keep an eye on Berlin. Vancouver. Didi Brazier is just trekking over west in Canada to do two shows, two shows of Smut Slam in Vancouver, May 16th and 17th. We have Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv in Israel, May 22nd, and also Victoria with Didi Brazier on May 22nd. Um, on May 23rd, I'm hosting in Leipzig. May 26th, I'm in Cardiff. And then Busty Letish is back May 28th in Amsterdam. That's taken us all the way up to the end of May. Holy crap. So much to go for. Uh, so just check out smutslam.com. Go to our events link there, and you will see all of these along with ticket purchasing links. You want to get on that. If you're interested in shows by me personally, I mean, Smut Slam is by me personally, but like there's other people involved. Smut Slam is a, is a community endeavor around the world. I do shows sometimes by myself, and I'm super excited to be touring my one-woman show slash experience muse, an experiment in storytelling and life drawing. That's coming to Canada. It's coming to fringe festivals all over Canada starting uh, June, starting the June 9th in Montreal and taking me all the way out to Vancouver uh, by mid-September. You can get those tour details and more information about the show. Uh, it's really quite astonishing and different, certainly, than Smut Slam, uh, but it is it is an astonishing um, experience in itself, and I hope if you're in Canada or you know people in Canada, let them know. The website for that is Cameron Moore Muse, Cameron Moore Muse dot com. Go check that out. It's uh, yeah, it's a treat. So that's that's what's happening all around here. There's a lot going on. I hope that you will join us for it. Take care of yourself. Keep things smutty, and remember, your life is awesome. This has been your life is awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore, produced by me, Mark Seestedt. 
Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smut Slam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.